Welcome to I Made a Huge Mistake, an Arrested Development Podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and today we are going to be discussing episode number five uh, of season five, which is called Sinking Feelings, um, and was written by Mitch Hurwitz and Jim Vallely and directed by uh, Troy Miller, and obviously was originally uploaded as part of the first half of the season on the 29th of May, 2018. Uh, in this episode, um, you know, Michael is still trying to, I don't know, get rid of Rebel, go to see Rebel. Like, <laughs> the storyline keeps kind of hanging around, and it's never quite clear what Michael wants to do with Rebel. Um, but while he's doing that, he runs into Lieutenant Toddler once again and looks super guilty <laughs> before uh, then finally uh, running into George Michael again at the same spot where he was previously punched in the face by his son. Um, and then they kind of talk about the scuba trip. Uh, which, you know, they've kind of, they keep trying to almost go scuba diving, but then they can't. Um, and then Rebel returns from uh, shooting a, a film to see George Michael and uh, and decides that she is going to have a quickie with him, uh, which is why he was there. But then once she steals that line from him, he has to say something different. Um, he has bought with him, of course, his bag of sex toys, uh, which was given to him by maybe in the previous episode, um, where she she had already cleared it out of the apartment at the start of the season, and, and it seems to have been hanging around. Uh, I like that she refers to her hoo-hahs and whatnots um, as part of what's in the bag. Um, we find out that the banana stand has been knocked down or disposed of or thrown in the sea or something has happened to it, but it's no longer there, and where the banana stand used to be is a crime scene. Um, but that is where we are going to have the Family of the Year Award. Um, where the Blues are presenting themselves with an award. Uh, funnily enough, this was this kind of selling point of the first half of season five when it was promoted. This was like one thing that featured in a lot of the kind of um, the trailers for the, the, the show. Um, and uh, we find out that uh, Job has given his, has decided to give his father this gigantic anchor, um, which, <laughs> which he he had had kind of painted himself the the day before um, at the cottage. Had been spraying it gold. Um, and we get the arrival of Lindsay. Uh, finally, she's managed to get across the border um, and she has green screened herself into two different locations uh, where she is told to change her outfit. And so she arrives in the second outfit of the day, the narrator points out, uh, before she decides to throw a sheet over her head. And of course, then that allows Portia de Rossi to not be on set during the rest of the scene. Um, uh, George Michael, uh, he arrives to see Michael at the, uh, the, the scuba diving boat, um, and they both end, like, they both kind of have this conversation, but the boat is getting further away from the shore, so they can't hear what the other one is saying, uh, and the, they both jump into the ocean, and underwater they give each other a number of signals to indicate that everything is okay, um, before George Sr. joins them, hanging onto the, the, the golden anchor, and then is rescued by, um, Michael, uh, and then Lucille gives a speech that was originally there for Lindsay to give, um, and <laughs> which which kind of annoys maybe uh, because you know she was wanting to shock her mother by kissing George Michael at the end of the speech and then revealing her meth teeth, uh, which she had made at um, well we don't know yet but we'll find out later on it was two hour teeth because she says uh, I, there's no way these could have taken more than two and a half hours. Um, there's a whole thing throughout this season of two and a half hour teeth, two hour teeth, 90 minute teeth and one hour teeth. So gradually uh, making teeth just becomes quicker and quicker as the season goes on, which I feel is the same as uh, when Job's suits, you know, got more and more expensive. Um, it's just a nice little number gag that apparently Mitch Hurwitz is a big fan of. 
Um, of course, uh, Lindsay does not stay to the end of the speech, and so she does not see maybe kissing George Michael. Um, and of course, George Michael has learned a number of things, and so is a lot better at kissing than he had previously been. And they then both leave together. Um, I, I don't know what it's implied that they're going to do, but, you know, we find out in future episodes they didn't do anything. So uh, fortunately, that does not go anywhere. Um, and then, of course, Michael, um, after Buster has been arrested, um, he goes to talk to, to Buster um, and <laughs> they, they decide to have a party because they think Buster is going to be released from jail. This is actually probably one of my favorite things about this thing is this this phone call with Barry where he says his hands are tied and he tells him to give this money to this person so they can bail. You know, he says he's in he's in the jail uh, at the same time as Buster and, you know, get him get him the bail money and he'll, he'll kind of talk about it in person. And obviously we find out later on in the episode this was a setup for the fact that Barry is in prison and Michael has now bailed Barry out and not Buster. Um, and Buster is still in jail. Um, and of course the, the Blues have a, a party which has a banner that has been repurposed many times with various names crossed out. Um, and this is where Tobias introduces the ongoing character of Murphy Brown Fionke. Um and I don't know that that storyline is ever successful at any point during this season, um, you know, because all of a sudden Tobias has a fully grown son. Uh, and then we we get to the on the next uh, where we find out that, um, you know, they can't trust Murphy Brown. Um, and there's a whole lot of questions about people saying, can we trust the boy? I don't trust the boy. And then, of course, Murphy Brown says, am I the boy? And I love Lucille's delivery of, well, I've never heard a man ask that. <laughs> and, and that's where the episode ends. Um, and joining me to talk about today is Jim Donahue. Hello, Jim. I don't know. This episode, it feels, it's really weird because it feels like, uh, well, I'll say long. Let's say long to start off with. Uh, the first half is is kind of a lot more about the the whole stuff with Rebel and the scuba diving. And then in the middle of the episode, after Buster has been arrested, we then kind of have a whole bunch of stuff at the, the police station and then at the party, um, which uh, has Buster's favorite food items, which is basically just jello and plain hamburgers. <laughs> and there's like a make make your own hamburger and except... It's just plain, and that's it. Like there's there's no other there's no other stuff. We see Michael later on just picking at the bread as well. He doesn't even have like a hamburger. He just kind of picks at the bread a bit and and kind of just leaves it. And uh, Tobias says that he's gonna have like a, a double top, so he's gonna have like two top buns for some reason. I don't like. It's just kind of a weird. I don't know. It's a nice little kind of joke about how um, Buster's kind of taste is still very childish. Um, of the the four episodes that I will be joining you uh, for this podcast i think this is probably my least favorite i i just it's so it's so drags if anyone heard episode one I, i'm not a big fan of, of season five uh i think there it has its ups and downs uh i this this particular episode i think is is notably flat um, yeah i i think the fact like the family of the year thing i think was like an interesting idea like the blues giving themselves an award like that feels like something kind of from the earlier seasons yeah but i think once we get to the ceremony it's a little bit too much of like the four or five storylines all happening at once so obviously job trying to get his father's approval his father wanting out basically <laughs> there's a few times where the first half of this season um george senior has like some suicide attempts which are kind of all you know kind of end up going awry and you know because he keeps getting rescued mostly by michael funnily enough um 
And then the whole thing with like Lindsay and Lucille and maybe again feels like it's two, like it's like three different storylines that are all happening at once and none of them seem to really kind of work that well. Um, you know, although it's funny that like, you know, Lucille steals um, Lindsay's speech and then she goes, maybe show us your, your teeth or something. And of course that is a perfect set for maybe's like meth teeth, like pull off. But it doesn't work for it doesn't work for Lindsay just taking off the sheet and smiling like it like it doesn't work as so it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny how um, you know Lucille has kind of stolen this speech um, but it doesn't really make any like she keeps talking it doesn't make any sense it doesn't like when she's like oh you know she had to have a mother like me and like it's it's all of kind of maybe's bitterness but kind of delivered in a, in a kind of cheerful way by Lucille it doesn't really make any sense uh, addressed to Lindsay from Lucille. Um, and it's 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 just kind of all weird. Um, and then, of course, we get part of the one of the weird kind of running jokes in this whole season, which is Tobias is, is now dressed up as Buster, as he was in the previous episode. <laughs> and he keeps wanting to be in the family and then he's not in the family. And it's it doesn't make any sense because he's married to Lindsay. So they've never got divorced. So he's still in the family. But for, for some reason, he just keeps kind of going backwards and forwards on that. I, I, I have um, I have a plot question for you, Darren. Uh Yes. Explain to me, please, how Tobias reconnects with his son. Like, where did that come from? I think that was in a. It's one. It's one of the previous episodes where someone contacts him, and then he finds out that this is the person that's contacting him, and it turns out it's his son. Okay, so he, it wasn't like he thinks he. It comes as a surprise. It's not like it, it, it. Basically, Tobias has been contacted by someone in a previous episode, and this is the payoff to it. Is is that gotcha. it's Murphy Brown, uh, which again I think that like that's a weird joke that in se- what seasons one to three would have worked really well, but just the fact that like he he's he's kind of when he says Murphy Brown and he doesn't know about the TV show, and then of course Michael is like no I believe it was you know it was about this and and it's like oh no no I don't think that's right <laughs> it's like yeah that like just the fact that Tobias doesn't seem to un- to know that Murphy Brown is a show and like thinks that Murphy Brown has been named after this kind of prestigious journalist when it turns out it's just a t- like it's a tv show um which of course has since had a revival since this sh- like in between the two seasons of this right. the two halves of this season it had a revival so it's, it's such a weird joke that kind of ends up um kind of being more relevant but obviously this entire show is set 3 years before so it's in 2015 so again that doesn't make any difference to this kind of plot but it's it's really weird um that it's still kind of all so far in the past um, and the character really they don't know what to do with him but i have to say kudos to whoever cast that that actor because he looks like he could be related to david cross yeah uh, well carl mooney is obviously better known for being on snl um and uh on snl he does have this funny long-running bit where he is like going out with leslie jones in real life uh which is not true but it's just a, there's been a few sketches where like they've had him and leslie jones kind of um uh, like have it going out on dates and stuff like that so uh he's yeah so but he's well cast because he does kind of have the same nervous energy that david david cross has um but also like as the season goes on the the things they do with him are kind of uh, become less and less understandable um you know even uh, like the kind of payoff for the whole thing doesn't like this is eight episodes of a, of a storyline that by the time you get to the final episode, you're like, well, I don't even understand why he was in the show. <laughs> like it doesn't like, so it's kind of a waste of Carl Mooney really, but he kind of, he kind of plays it well. And also I like the fact that he ha he has this kind of weird, um, 
I don't know. I guess it's meant to be kind of like almost like a Big Bang type thing where he's kind of meant to be like, um, you know, a kind of cliched geek. So he has like the T-shirt he has in this episode is like all the kind of like 16 bit um, and 8 bit like computer consoles. And they do kind of stuff like that throughout the rest of the season where he kind of constantly makes pop culture references um, that is obviously meant to make it seem like he's kind of, you know, a geek. Um, but at the same time, you know, by the time by the, by the time he gets hired by Fate Block to kind of actually do the work that geeks would do, it turns out he's not really very good at it. <laughs> so it's it's this weird thing where, as well, they have the, the whole thing where Tobias keeps pushing his thing of like he wants him to be an actor. And I think Carl Mooney does a good job of playing somebody who is not good at acting, which obviously is a, you know, a needle to thread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the, I don't think the character does Carl Mooney any justice. And I don't think this story is particularly well thought out. And it just kind of ends up, it gives David Cross something to do in every episode. But I think that, you know, he, he kind of already has stuff to do. Um, you know, and even in the police station, he has this weird bit where he's like sitting between this couple and he's like, you know, very loudly being like, if only these people could move over so I could sit on like the end seat and we could all sit together. Like he's he's very loudly complaining about the fact that he's sitting between these these two people. Um, and I and that's more kind of like what I expect from Tobias is not all the stuff to do with his like CERN and all the kind of, the, you know, the, the kind of misapplied ambition but the kind of the the pettiness and bitterness and the kind of yeah I, that's that's the kind of stuff that i really want from him thing very well so yeah the the whole sun subplot is just weird and, and could have been jettisoned and it get i mean it gets weirder as well because obviously tobias is playing characters of the characters from the family which again is meant to be a jab at season four and the fact that you know certain characters weren't in other episodes so the idea is obviously David Cross is playing the characters who are missing from some certain episodes. Um, but but the, the weirdest thing, he may, he never plays Lindsay, let's put it like that, So who is pretty much missing from most of this season. Uh, but also, like, he he then starts having, you know, Murphy Brown play other characters from the family. And then that is used as a commentary on those other characters. And it, it just kind of ends up muddying what the whole story is meant to be. Um, you know, uh, although I will say this, you know, by the by the time by the time we kind of get somewhere around like episode ten, eleven, there is some funny stuff between him and Murphy Brown, but it just it just doesn't feel like they really got a, a kind of uh, you know a handle on exactly what they wanted that character to do. They just seem to kind of meander around with him. Um, although you know, like I say, Carl Moon is a good actor, but but it just it just feels like a waste to have him in that role. Um, you know, and and the the weirdest thing is as well is like the the, the 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 this episode is the payoff for the whole family of the year stuff is really weird. Like, you know, this season is eight episodes long, effectively the first half, and the fact that they pay off the family of the year thing in episode five just seems like a weird pacing. Like uh, in earlier seasons, either they would have paid it off in like the second episode and kind of got it out of the way, or they would have had it go on to the end of the season and then paid it off at the end of the season. But instead, they kind of putting it halfway through, and it just doesn't. It doesn't make any. It's not. Re- there's not really a big payoff to it either. Like, you know, we get Lindsay for thirty seconds in the scene <laughs> before they put a sheet over her. Um, you know, and Portia de Rossi. It's always nice to see her again. You know, even if she has been so clearly green screened in. I. I. It, like it doesn't feel like this family of the year thing kind of goes anywhere until like the police show up at the end and they're like, "This is a crime scene," and they're like, "Well, you know." 
<laughs> they start going on about the banana stand, and he's like, "No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the trail of blood that lead, led to the stair car. Like that's you know that's the that's the crime, not the fact that somebody's thrown the banana stand away." Um, and I think it's a pity because we don't really get that. We don't get any. I don't think we get any banana stand in season five, which is annoying because that's yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the fun things. I think it's because they didn't have it anymore um, after the show had been like cancelled. They they kind of lost it, and so you know. I don't know the cost of building another banana stand, yes. uh, but of course we not in season four at all. Uh, I there's there's I think it's in some of the flashbacks um, to the young Lucille and stuff, but I don't I don't I don't think it's I can't recall it in being a, a particular plot point of any episode. I'm not sure. Um, but the the weirdest thing is, of course, is we do we do get Tobias in the banana suit. Um, which is kind of I don't know. It's it's funny to see David Cross in the banana suit. <laughs> You know, but other than that, it, like it doesn't feel like this family in the year thing really kind of goes anywhere. Um, you know, and like if you're going to do something like that has this level of vanity, it has to be on the same level of the you know first annual Montgomery Burns Award for <laughs> achievement in excellence. Like you have to really go over the top and make a deal of it. This just seems like a bunch of people at the boardwalk next to where the banana stand used to be, and a small stage and a big anchor, and it, and that's it. Like it does, it doesn't really seem to kind of go anywhere. And the fact that Lindsay is basically like, "Why am I still here?" and then just walks off. I think kind of says a lot about like this kind of plot. It just it didn't really go anywhere in terms of the of this season. Yeah, I mean it. If you were to compare it to the uh, say, the Save Our Bluths uh, fundraiser from what was that season three? I guess three. Yeah, uh, I mean kind of similar, but that's just so much funnier. Yeah, uh, and what's even funnier is Save Our Bluths is referenced later on where. Um, Buster says that he didn't even really get to know Lindsay until they made hot ham water yeah. together. Yeah, so that that's referenced, and it's like, well, don't reference like one of the funnier episodes of season three <laughs> while you're in the middle of season five. Like that feels like a bit of a mistake. Um, but yeah, I do kind of enjoy the stuff in the party though because um, you know the Blues enjoy a good party, um, and uh, I'm trying to remember. Is this? The, I don't think this is. Um, this is. A, I was about to say something, but I think it's from a later episode. Um, but I, I just kind of, I like the, the kind of the blandness of the food that Buster enjoys, and that being the selling part, of the, the selling point of the party. Like, I, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of, I kind of like that. Just this idea of like, you know, make your own hamburger. It's like such a, it's such a kind of like stupid thing. <laughs> kind of works. Like just this, this weird kind of thing. And then of course. You know, we we find we I like I like how as well we have Job with his kind of misplaced like act, kind of um, one-upmanship with Michael, and you know finding out that you know Barry is the one that he has you know um, he's bailed. He's like you thought it was Buster, but you know it wasn't. It was Barry, and then and then, and then he's kind of like laughing at him, and then it kind of goes to him saying, "Oh, well, I I hope Buster doesn't because kind of, he's like you're worried that Buster's going to kill you," and then he's like, "Oh, well, there." I hope Buster doesn't kill me because I was laughing at him. And I, I kind of like the weird realization from Buster, you know, like that he's kind of, it makes him laugh hysterically and he, he thinks it's funny for Michael, but then he's kind of scared of Buster as well. Um, and he just kind of realizes that as well, um, you know. And uh, a story a story that's kind of in the first half of this season, but doesn't, I don't know, doesn't get a huge amount of play. There's a little bit of it in the previous episode. Um is uh, Lauren Weedman as Junie Beard, um, 
which is obviously a nice double meaning because she's going out with with Job, um, and he refers to her as Beard, um, and he does that. I think he does it in this episode, and he does it in a, another episode as well, where he just kind of refers to her as Beard. I, I rewatched this episode uh, yesterday after wa- not watching it again since uh, it first dropped last year. Is Jody Beard supposed to be related to John Beard? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think she's meant to be like his daughter. Ah, okay. So, but yeah, but obviously they're using John Beard's, you know, real name as a setup for a joke that they, you know, the fact that also by the time they get to the parade as well, you know, they, they talk about, you know, she kind of keeps, because she's broken up with Job, she keeps saying bitter things about him during the parade, uh, which is a nice kind of payoff for the, which is, a, you know, a nice payoff for the kind of setup of her character throughout the season. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the party kind of works because, you know, you have all these characters together, which, you know, I, these actors together, they can't help but be at least tolerable, let's say. Um, I don't know if, if this is because, you know, there's at least a couple more parties to come in this season. Yes. Um, and I think having them in the same room is always the best. You know, like it was always a highlight of the first few seasons whenever you got them all in the same place. Um, and so I think it, it really kind of works here at the end. Um, you know, where that, you know, they're, they're, again, there's the whole thing of like trying to teach people lessons and all this kind of stuff. True. And Buster, Buster is obviously, a, you know, he's arrested because he was trying to erase the security tape using fake block, which obviously is just the sound of a wood block. And so Buster, of course, starts dancing. And that is what was caught on tape. And it, against, again, that's kind of paid off from the end of season four. That was one of the things that was kind of left dangling at the end of season four. Um, so I kind of like that. Um, but also we find out here that um, uh, that that Barry has been disbarred and cannot represent them. So, uh, you know, fortunately, that's that kind of sets up other stuff for later on in the season. But, you know, uh, they'll kind of allow, the thing with Barry as well is I like, you know, the last time we saw him, he was like outside of school and maybe was like, should you be here? And he's like, oh, you're very good at this. Like. So I'd like I'd, I'd like with Barry, there's always been this kind of weird kind of sexual fetish thing that they've had with him. And they seem to be taking it in kind of slightly more uncomfortable directions where that I don't like. I think it's meant to contrast with the wholesomeness of Henry Winkler, who is, you know, in real life known for being like a really nice guy. And they're trying to contrast that like with his character that seems to be getting sleazier and sleazier. Um, and I think to start off with, he was just an incompetent lawyer with an occasional kink. And now they've kind of taken him in directions that I, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, we'll talk about it when he kind of reoccurs in another episode later on in the season. But I just, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think they're really doing his character justice. Um, you know, always great to see Henry Winkler. Oh yes. No, he's a delight. Um, you know, he's, and, and I, I think the thing is as well is, you know, we kind of have the advantage that he is kind of ageless. And so he, he doesn't look any older than when he kind of first returned to Arrested Development. That's true. You know, he, he doesn't look a day older, so uh, which I think I think it's funny because obviously you know Henry Winkler had had you know one or two things before he went back to arrest you know when he did Arrested Development and Arrested Development was kind of the thing that brought him back into the mainstream and since then he's kind of had a lot of work and most of it is because of Arrested Development so it's it's kind of nice that he you know we we always get to see him kind of come back I guess he feels maybe he owes Mitch Hurwitz something <laughs> for having kind of put him back in public attention for the first time in like a decade or so. Um, you know, so but well, between this and his appearances in a number of Adam Sandler films, um, you know, in particular The Waterboy, I think he's quite funny in The Waterboy, uh, where he plays the kind of the nervous coach. 
Um, but yeah, he's like always always a delight to have him back. Uh, is there anything else that needs to be covered in this episode? Uh, do you think Michael and George Michael are having their conversation outside of uh, Rebel's apartment? What is <laughs> what is the meaning of that weird camera pan down George Michael's body to his crotch? That was so odd. <laughs> they have both they have both been training. They've both been in training for the next time they have to fight. Ah, okay. And so they're kind of they're both they're both assessing each other's weak points gotcha. just in case the other one decides to strike. But of course they don't. He just he just like kind of hands him a cactus and then kind of walks away. Um, you know, so he do, like he doesn't he doesn't decide to attack. But that's just kind of a, a thing. That's just kind of like a, a, an allusion to that. Yeah. One thing, um, one thing that made me laugh was Michael's line. Uh, I got a cactus. The universal sign that things are over. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. I also I also like the fact that he runs into Lieutenant Toddler again, and he's like, and she's like, I live here, and he's like, oh well, you know, they're paying you, they're paying you right there. <laughs> like, uh, and the, the last conversation they had, he was talking about how underpaid the police were, and she was like, no, I do okay. And so, and so there's this weird running thread about her salary that, for some reason, they kind of end up talking about. Um, yeah, uh, and of course there is the, uh, the 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 ongoing joke of uh, Tobias being gay, and everybody guessed that Murphy Brown is his boyfriend. Um, and of course, you know, he has to set them straight and make out that it's his his son. Of course, he immediately then says, let's go and put a nugget in your mouth, um, you know, because obviously he's Tobias uh, and that's what he says. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, well, if there's nothing else to discuss about this episode, uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Jim? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm other Jim Donahue. And you can find us on Twitter at a huge mistake pod or on uh, Facebook at I made a huge mistake. Uh, thanks, Mr. Wolf, for being my guest here today, Jim. Good to be back. <laughs> and otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>